Well, good morning to each and every one of you. It's great to see you today. What an amazing presence of the Lord in this place today. There's nothing like coming together to corporately worship our God. How many people are glad that you are in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, a shout out welcome to all of our first time guests. We are honestly so glad that you've joined us today, whether on site or online. And welcome to our church family who have joined us online and many from across Ottawa, across Canada, and even from around the world that have joined us today. Are you ready for God's word? Come on, are you ready for God's word? We're in a four part sermon series that we've been calling Unshakable. And we're taking four Sundays to explore the book of 2 Thessalonians. Last Sunday was part number two. We talked about end time events. We talked about the, the rapture. We talked about the rebellion, the apostasy, the turning away from God. And then we talked about the revelation of the Antichrist. And we were reminded that the spirit of the Antichrist is in operation today. We learn that the Holy Spirit is restraining or holding back the revelation of the Antichrist. But the truth is the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist is in operation today. And I felt the spirit of God just remind me this week to say to you and I today that the Holy Spirit works through his church to restrain the spirit of the Antichrist. And I felt the Lord just remind me to say to this place today, let's never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we be salt. May we be light. May we never uh, shy away from standing for our convictions in God. May we stand true on the pages of the word of the Lord. Is there a little witness in the house today? Come on, we got to stand on our convictions of the word of the Lord. So we talked about the rapture. We talked about the, the rebellion or the apostasy. We talked about the, the revelation of the Antichrist. And then we talked about the return of Jesus. When he comes back with his church like snuff, he blows out. Gone is the Antichrist. And we know that the victory is found in Jesus. But today, for a couple of moments, I want to invite you to get your Bible out and turn with me to 2 Thessalonians again. And we're going to camp for a few moments today on some more verses. We're going to look at verse 13 of chapter 2 to the end of the chapter. And then we're going to pick it up to the first few verses of chapter 3. I want to break this message into three parts. And I want to start, number one, by giving you the five stages of your salvation experience. Your salvation experience. Paul transitions from end time events. And he now reminds the believers in Thessalonica of their salvation experience. Let me give you these five stages. Number one, you were loved. John said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Everything begins with the love of God. I'm glad that God loves me and God loves you. There's no one on site and no one watching online. And there's no one on planet earth that God doesn't love. Paul said, we ought always to thank God, you brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. Salvation begins because God loves you. Anybody this morning grateful that God loves you? Anybody glad that God loves you unconditionally? Anybody glad that nothing can separate you from the love of God? Neither depths, nor heights, nor demons, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers of darkness. God loves you so much. But then there's number two. You were chosen. 
God wants a, a relationship with you. He will seek you out. He wants a relationship with you. Salvation begins with God. He made the first move, Paul said, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved. Now, the original Greek would be better translated from the beginning of eternity. God chose you to be saved. From all eternity, God wanted a relationship with you. Before you became birthed and conceived in the womb of your mother, God knew that you would be born and he wanted a relationship with you. He has always wanted a relationship with you. He makes the first move. He chose you. But then there's number three. You were called in verse 13 through the sanctifying work of the spirit. He called you to this. When I think of sanctification, I'm reminded that it has three parts to it. Number one, we are positioned as a child of God. Anybody glad today that when you come to Jesus, you become a child of the living God? Come on. Anybody glad today that you get positioned as a child of God? And then there's a progressional work of sanctification where he works on us to make us more like Jesus. And then there's a perfect element that someday when we get to heaven, we shall be like him. At the cross, he set us free from the penalty of sin. And then now he is he's setting us free from the power of sin. And someday when we get to heaven, we will be free from the presence of sin. The sanctifying work of the Spirit begins as Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin. He woos you into a relationship. He points out to you that you've got a void inside of you. Every mankind, every person on planet Earth has an emptiness and a void. And Holy Spirit convicts you of your need for a higher power. We know that higher power is Jesus. Come on, somebody say his name, Jesus. One, two, three, Jesus. Come on, say it again. One, two, three, Jesus. And Holy Spirit draws you to Jesus. He loved you. He chose you. He called you. But then there's number four, your part. You've got to believe. Holy Spirit speaks and calls you, but you've got to respond and make a decision for Jesus, Paul said in verse 13. And through belief in the truth, the Thessalonican believers decided to follow Jesus through our gospel. How can they know unless someone is sent? How can they hear unless someone speaks? And Paul and Silas and Timothy obeyed the call of God and went to Thessalonica and shared the gospel and Holy Spirit called them and they responded and they believed. I was five years old in a Sunday evening service. I have no clue what preacher was preaching. But at the end, he said, anyone would like to accept Jesus into their life. My mom looked down to me and said, son, would you like to make your peace with Jesus today? I lifted up my hand. Tears were in my eyes. As a young boy, I decided to follow Jesus and there's no going back. Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my all. Jesus loves me and Jesus loves you. He called you. He loved you. He chose you. He is speaking in this house today and you've got to believe in him. But then there's number five. This is the future part of your salvation experience from eternity to eternity. You share in Christ's glory. Paul said in verse 14 that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Someday we're going to be free from the power of sin and we're going to step into heaven and we're going to be free from the presence of sin and we're going to be in the presence of the sinless one Jesus worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's great to come here this morning to worship God but I'm telling you this is choir practice. We're getting ready. The audience is not me. It's not Pastor Brad. The audience is not you. Pastor Brad was not on the platform to entertain us 
today. He was on the platform to lead us to the throne room of God. But someday, choir practice is going to be over. And we're going to be in the presence of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to see him face to face. Anybody excited that we're going to come and worship? Come on, anybody excited that we're going to share in Christ's glory from eternity to eternity? I want to take you to number two, and I want to talk to you for a couple of moments about two things you need now more than ever in these turbulent times. Paul talked about end times, and then he segued to our salvation experience, and then he gives us an amazing nugget in verse 15, two things you need to do in these turbulent days. He said in verse 15, so then brothers and sisters, here's the first thing, stand firm so we can get it in our spirit can we lift our voice and say it together stand firm one two three stand firm oh we can do way better than that come on i think we need to stand as we say stand firm not sit firm stand firm. come on everybody on your feet one more time for a couple of moments lift your voice one two three stand firm one two three stand firm come on let's say it again one two three stand firm he said stand firm and number two hold fast let's say hold fast one two three hold fast let's say it again one two three hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you whether the word or the mouth by mouth or by letter before you're seated what was paul referring to he's referring to the letter that he wrote first thessalonians and now his second letter second thessalonians and not just that there was oral words that they shared that one day paul sat down inspired by holy spirit penned it now you may not know this but paul penned over half of the new testament now watch this he was an activist he was a high d personality he was a man on a mission he couldn't sit still for a moment kind of like me but but God arranged for him to get in prison and everybody said that's not good that he's in prison God said no 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 I got him in prison and I'm gonna lock him by chain to a Roman guard and he's gonna write the New Testament I'm telling you church God gets you where he wants to do what he wants to do and I know about you but I'm glad I've got the letters of the Apostle Paul I'm glad I got the book of Ephesians and Philippians and Romans and Corinthians and 2nd Thessalonians and 1st Thessalonians, how many people are grateful for the word of the living God? Come on, if you're grateful for that, give a clap offering of praise to God. Amen. Amen. Now take a seat. Let me break this down. Number one, stand firm. Stand firm means to brace yourself. It means to dig your heels in. It means to dig in. The only way I can illustrate it is the ancient tug-of-war moments. I was in grade five, and our teacher had said, we're going to have a tug-of-war competition in our class. And we guys, I don't know why we said it, we said, let's do guys against the girls. We thought that we would win hands down. I'm embarrassed to tell you, we didn't win. Those ladies were strong. They pulled us down and they never let us forget it. But what does it mean, stand firm? It means to dig your heels into the word of God. I've got people coming to me and saying, Pastor, God is not speaking to me. I haven't heard the voice of God in a long time. I'm here to tell you a closed Bible will prevent you from hearing the voice of God. God will 
be silent when your Bible is closed. I think we need to open up our Bible. I think we need to read our Bible. I think we need to digest the Word of God. I think we need to speak the Word of God. I think we need to get more in the Word of God than any newspaper, any social media post, any video clip on the internet. I think we need to soak ourselves not with social media, but with the Word of the living God. In these turbulent days, we got to dig in. Come on, church. We got to dig into the Word of God. And then he said, not just stand firm, hold fast. Hold fast means hold on for your life. I'm going to illustrate it. It was 1987. That's before some of you were born. But there was a man named Henry Dempsey, and he was a pilot. And he was flying his 15-passenger plane from Maine to Boston, Massachusetts. He and his co-pilot, the plane was empty. And they're up in the air, and he heard this conk. And he said to his co-pilot, I'm going to check it out. He said, you take over. And so he walked back and the plane hit turbulence and the door flew wide open and he was sucked out of the plane. And he grabbed for the first thing he could grab to and it was the, the cable of the ladder and he's holding on for dear life. The co-pilot thought that he was sucked out and they lost him, but he was holding on for dear life. It took 15 minutes before they had an emergency landing in Portland, in Portland, Maine. And when they landed the plane, he wasn't hurt greatly. He was bruised a little bit and he was six feet from the runway and his hands were clinging to the cable wire. And they said he was gripping so strongly, it took them a long time to unpry his fingers because he didn't want to let go. I'll tell you why he didn't want to let go. He was clinging for his life. And I feel the spirit of the Lord saying, just like that pilot was clinging to the cable wire of the ladder for his life. God is saying to the church, cling to Jesus, cling to Jesus cling to his word hold on to his word and don't let go of his word I'm here to say to you God hasn't let go of you don't you let go of him get his word in you open his word let him speak the hope in these turbulent times is Jesus and the word of the Lord come on somebody give a clap offering a praise to our Lord God I want to take you to the final part of this message and I want to give you five needed prayers and I'm going to get very transparent this morning. Five needed prayers found in verse 16 to the end of the chapter and in the first five verses of chapter 3. Number one, a prayer for encouragement. Look this way. There's people sitting here on site. You need encouragement. There's people watching online. You need encouragement. We got congregants in the hospital right now. And they said, Pastor, I'll see you Sunday morning. I'm not missing church. And they've got their iPad open. And they're watching this morning service right now. And they need encouragement. We got seniors in our church right now. And they've said to me very loud and very clear, Pastor, we're not ready to come back. We feel still a little vulnerable. But we're feeling so lonely. We're feeling so isolated. We wish we were here on site. Someday, Pastor, we're coming back. We don't miss Sunday mornings, but we're so lonely. I look to the camera today, and I say to you seniors, we love you from the bottom of our heart. So, Woodville, would you put your hands together and let those seniors know right now, come on, let them know how much they matter to us. They are a part of the family of God in this church. Now, I'm going to be very transparent, and you'll probably have to drop a pin in this place. It's going to get so quiet. But we've got some congregants right now in our church 
because of their deep personal conviction. They have chosen not to be vaccinated. And I'm not here to debate should you or shouldn't you. And I'm not asking you to debate should you or shouldn't you. But I'm asking you to respect their, their position and their conviction. And for some of them, it's brought closure to their job. And because it's brought closure to their job, they don't have a paycheck. And because of the current regulations, they're not even eligible for EI. And I'm saying to you and I, church, they matter. We care. And we need to let everyone know in this church, you all matter because we're a part of the family of the living God. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate our Jesus today. We've got congregants who have told me because of COVID, my business has gone so bad. We were closed for so long. We're not sure we're going to make it. And you need encouragement today. There's people in our church family. They've said COVID has wrecked the whole fear and anxiety and depression in our home. Our children are plagued with anxiety. Our young people are plagued with anxiety. Pastor Kyle, you told me how much it's been affecting our young people. And I can't tell you how glad. I was several weeks ago that there was a youth rally in this auditorium and youth groups from all across our city came into this place to lift up the name of Jesus. I'll tell you why. Because our young people need encouragement in the name of the Lord. I'm telling you, church, ah, oh, come on, give a clap offering of praise to our God. I'm glad that to this day, unlike some other provinces, our province still declares that the church is essential. I'm glad that you can walk into Walmart to buy what you want and you don't have to show a vaccination pass and you can still walk into church to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that we can still put on our sign, everyone is welcome. And I make a public statement, regardless of who you are in this city, regardless of what you are walking through, this church is a hospital for the hurting. It is not a museum for the perfect. And I'm here to declare that our doors are open and we want people to come in and hear the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Somebody celebrate our Lord today. I'm glad. It would be a sad day. It would be a sad day. Um, forget the vaccination pass argument. It would be a sad day if our government ever said that the church is no longer treated as essential. And I'm here to declare, Canada, Canada, Canada needs the hope of Jesus. And the church has the answer found in Jesus. The church is essential. And Jesus is essential. And the gospel is essential. And we need to love on our city and our nation for Jesus. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Let me give you several stories. Our missions committee spurred this. This wasn't your pastor that spurred it. They got on the email dialogue in the last two days and said, there's a crisis in British Columbia. Floods have ravaged British Columbia. You've been watching the news. You've got family, you've got friends, and they're hurting. We fast-tracked it. We made a recommendation. Our church board approved it. $4,000 from our missions is being sent to help the crisis in British Columbia. And I'm glad that we as a church can do that. It's right. It's right. This past week, we were able to disperse the final check from the, from the money remaining from the fall backpack drive. 
And the lady who oversees the community of children in Dunbar Court, which is just on the other side of our police station, it's right next door. They have an after-school program for the boys and girls. There's so many needs there. And they have so many financial woes. And we wrote a check for $1,000. And she was so grateful. We already told you this. But before she walked out, Pastor Joe said, oh, one more thing. This is the time of year that we do our Christmas hampers. And you've got an email that you're getting this week. We want to know every family that needs a blessing at Christmas. We want to help. And tears came to her eyes, and she looked at us. She said, I'm so grateful for this church. You guys really care. And I'm glad that we can help people in Dunbar Court at Christmas. We can help people in Morrison Gardens at Christmas. And we can help probably 100 families because of your generosity. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of that doesn't just tell people the gospel. We show them the love of God Almighty. Somebody give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. Encouragement. Encouragement, he says in verse 16, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, put it on the screen, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself, that's a sermon alone, it's Jesus himself that gives you encouragement. You don't know Jesus is all you need till Jesus is all you have, isn't that right? May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement. He's talking about our encouragement of eternality, of heaven, and our hope, good hope. But then verse 17, encourage your hearts. And there's people today in this auditorium, you're feeling low and down. I pray that Jesus would encourage you today. I was talking to someone in the past few weeks. I won't say their name. I won't tell you what they're walking through. But when they told me what they're walking through, they said, Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to get through this I don't know how that's going to be solved in the back of my head all I thought is I don't know either this is a mountain but I felt the spirit of God say to me it's not your problem it's God's problem you don't have to really trust till you got a problem and when you really got a problem you can trust God because the last I checked he's the mountain mover he's the problem solver last I checked nothing is impossible with our God I don't know what you're facing I don't know what you're going through it might feel like there's no hope but we got hope because of Jesus Christ because he's the one who comes alongside may our Lord Jesus Christ himself God our father who loved us by grace eternal encouragement good hope encourage your hearts but then there's number two quickly a prayer for strength everybody say strength one two three strength there's people on site there's people online you're feeling very weary and tired there's a stat that I read in the past few weeks it's an American stat 30% of pastors are ready to quit because of COVID. Good news, I'm not one of them. But I'll tell you right now, every one of your pastors have walked through discouragement and felt weary and low. In every staff meeting, we celebrate the wins, but there's challenges. Like, let me just be transparent. Last Sunday, we had the highest attendance we've had since this whole COVID thing began. We had 1,316 people on site last Sunday. Come on, I think we need to celebrate that. That's great. 1,316. And so I said to Sharon, pull the number for me, my executive assistant, pull the number from pre-COVID same Sunday. And, and I said to Pastor Joe and Pastor Matt, and Pastor Matt, I really hope it's a real low number. I hope that was a bad Sunday so we could look better. It was a really good Sunday. Pre-COVID same Sunday, 1,981 people, same Sunday pre-COVID. 
But here's the truth. We are running 65 to 75% currently returned from pre-COVID numbers nowadays. And I think we need to celebrate that right now. Come on, celebrate that. Celebrate that. Now, there's some of you watching right now. You're like, we've been thinking about coming back. We want to come back. We don't know what it means. And is it safe and all this stuff? We're glad that we don't have to because, because the government calls our ch churches essential. We don't have to do the Vax Pass thing, but we're doing it right. Everyone's in a mask. We, we're, we're socially distancing. I want to ask you a question. For those watching right now that are wondering, should they come back? Here's my question on site. Do you really think this place is safe? Should they come back? Would you love to see, come on, would you love, is this place safe? Would you love to see them come back? It's safe, right? Check it out. That's why we've gone to three services. We're getting ready for Christmas Eve, and because of COVID restrictions, we're going to tell you more about it. We're doing five Christmas Eve services, two on the 23rd, three on the 24th. I'll tell you why. We want to make room. We want those who want to come to be here. And I, I just pray that for those who are feeling discouraged and down, that Holy Spirit would lift you up right now. Number three, we got to go quickly. A prayer for salvations. He said in verse one, I'm oh, sorry, let me take you back to verse 17. Put it back on the screen. I need to read the latter part of verse 17. And strengthen you in every good deed and word. Paul was saying to the church in Thessalonica, may you be strengthened to do good things and good words. And would you be the recipient of good things and good words? How do you strengthen people? Do something kind and good and speak words of life, not words of death. Number three, a prayer for salvations, verse one. As for other matters, Paul said, brothers and sisters, pray for us, Paul, Timothy, Silas, that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. Spread rapidly means to run quickly, run. May the gospel run quickly. And may there be no hindrance to the gospel. May the good news run into the heart of the hurting and the bruised and the broken. Check out our life groups. Check out Celebrate Recovery. Check out our on-site prayer ministries. Woodville is a hospital for the hurting. And we want, we want Jesus, we want the name of Jesus to run quickly into the high schools, into your neighborhood. I've got congregants saying to me, Pastor, I had to go for chemo treatment, and I feel it's more than chemo. I show up and say, God, use me, and God gives them an opportunity to share Jesus with the nurse or with the person in the next bed. we got congregants in the hospital right now. You're watching right now, and you've told me, I've been praying God will give me opportunities. Here's the deal. Whatever God allows in your life, he will use it as a platform to make his name famous. So could we pray that Jesus, the gospel, would run rapidly, that we would see a harvest of salvations. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. And then there's number four, a prayer for protection. Because when there's doors of opportunity, there's opposition. Anytime God opens a door, the enemy gets upset. Anytime a church gets serious about loving their community and reaching people for Jesus, the devil gets angry. Look at verse two. Pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Oh, that's true. But the Lord is faithful. I'll come to that in a moment. But I felt the Lord say to me this week that there is, with the spirit of the Antichrist that is rising, there is a cover, a muzzle of silence being put over many Christians, and we've allowed it, that we're afraid to speak the truth of the word of the Lord. Let me give you a story. Somebody I know in some other city, and I'm being very vague, so I don't want you to connect the dots, that their child's in university, 
and their child, who's now young adult in university, is being jabbed loudly in opposition from their classmates because of her stand and views when it comes to abortion, which she's entitled to have her stand, her view, and they're jabbing her on her view of gender confusion and her thought and her feeling and her conviction that marriage, according to God's word, is between one man and one woman, and she's taking the heat, but she said to her mom, I don't want to be pepper spray. I want to be salt and light, and I want to gently but yet boldly stand for how I feel. And I want to say to the church, with the normalcy of the spirit of the Antichrist, may the church not say, oh, well, this is the way it's going. It's just the way it's going to go. Church, this is not the time for us to be silent. This is the time for us to stand on the truth of God's word. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be the salt and the light in our city and in the nation and around the world. Is there a witness in the house this morning? Is there a witness? All right. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. Come on, how many people are glad? The Lord is faithful. Come on, how many people are glad? The Lord is faithful. You're discouraged. You're feeling weary and weak. The Lord is faithful. Not your problem. It's God's problem. I got no money in my bank. It's not my problem. It's God's problem. I've got fear and anxiety. Not my problem. It's God's problem. I don't know how I'm going to get through the next day. Not my problem. It's God's problem. I'll tell you why. Because the Lord is faithful. Come on. How many people know the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is faithful? And so Paul is trying to hammer that out to the church. And he's trying to let them know that the Lord, the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you. And he will protect you from the evil one. So number one, a prayer for encouragement. Two, a prayer for strength. Three, prayer for salvation. Four, a prayer for protection. And then there's number five. And I want to close with this, a prayer for perseverance. And I want to ask the band to come and join me on the platform. As I read verse four and verse five. Paul said, we have confidence in the Lord. My confidence is not in man. My confidence is not in anything on earth. My confidence is in Jesus. And he will keep us. And he will see us through. Why? Because the Lord is faithful. We have confidence in the Lord that you're doing and will continue to do the things we command. Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, our confidence in Jesus, and I know that you're going to keep doing what you should be doing, May the Lord direct your hearts. In other words, may God direct your path. Some of you are like, I don't know what to do. God will direct your path. And then he said, may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. And what does that simply mean, Christ's perseverance? Never, never, never give up. Because the Lord is faithful. Come on, I said the Lord is faithful. Come on, get on your feet right now. I think we need to get it in our spirit that the Lord is faithful. And sometimes I've got to speak it to get it. So I want you to say with me, the Lord is faithful. Come on, one, two, three. The Lord is faithful. Now that you've said it, I want you to say it like you really mean it. Don't just say it because I asked you to say it. Let me ask you a question. How many people believe that the Lord is faithful? Come on. How many people? Come on. Come on. Do you believe that the Lord? Do you believe? Do you believe that the Lord is faithful? I want you to lift your voice and say it with confidence. 
Sometimes when you say it, you're making a Holy Spirit declaration that you need to hear and you need to get in your spirit. The Lord is faithful. Come on, let's lift our voice right now. One, two, three. The Lord is faithful. Come on, let's say it again real loud. One, two, three. The Lord is faithful. One, two, three. The Lord is faithful. Come on, let's say it one more time. All that's in you. One, two, three. The Lord is faithful. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate our God who is faithful. Some of you right now, the water is rushing and the storm is raging. And you don't know how to get through another day. The Lord is faithful. This is the time to dig in, stand firm. Hold fast to the word of the living Lord. Open it up. Let him speak to you. Look up. The Lord is faithful. He's here to encourage you. He's here to help you. He's here to take your problem and make a way when there doesn't seem to be a way. I'll tell you why. Because the Lord is faithful. Have you heard me? Have I told you yet the Lord is faithful? Come on. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. And the statement. There is no condition to that. There is no exception. The Lord is faithful no matter what. He always has been faithful. He is faithful. He will be faithful. But Mark, you don't know what I'm going The Lord is faithful. Mark, you don't know what disease I got. My The Lord is faithful. You don't know the kind of week I've had. The Lord is faithful. End this statement. The Lord is faithful. And my confidence is in Him. Come on, lift your hands right now, Pastor. we got just a couple of minutes. Just worship together. Let's just worship together. Just worship together. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. The Lord is faithful. Rise up, oh heart, believe that rise up in me.
loves you more than you can ever imagine. He is for you. He's not against you. He chose you. He has called you. You're a child of the living God. No matter what you're walking through, end of statement, the Lord is faithful. He is here this morning to encourage you. He's here today to strengthen you. He's here today to take your mountain and throw it into the sea. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. And in just a couple moments, I'm going to pray for each and every one. But heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just before I pray, you're here on site or you're watching online. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity and you're not certain, you don't know if you're ready for heaven. You've never made your peace with God. Or today you're standing, you're like, I'm so far from God. I want to settle it. I don't want religion. I want a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus. Let's say that again. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Today, I make my peace with you. Today, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, open your eyes. Come on, Woodville. Put your hands together and celebrate salvation. Now you're here on site and you prayed that prayer or you're watching online, you prayed that prayer, best decision of your life. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, honestly, we'd love you in the journey. On your way out, exit table, get a Bible. It's free. We got a little booklet. It's free. Get into our follow class. We want to help you. Consider getting baptized in water. It's the next step. And if you're watching online, reach out to us. You live somewhere across Canada or around the world. We're going to help you find a Bible-believing church in your area. Can we just give it up right now for all of our first-time guests? Come on. Thank, come on, thank all of our guests for coming. All of our guests. If you're our guest, thank you for coming on the way out exit table. We got a coffee card for you. It's our way of saying thank you for coming. And on your behalf, we're going to make a donation to the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. We're honored to do that. I want to thank you, Woodville, for your Operation Christmas Child Shoe Boxes. You've been so generous. You saw in the clip, today's the deadline. They're all coming in. And thank you for just being a blessing. Let's keep being a church of blessing. Let's go all out with those Christmas hampers, amen? And when you hear more about Christmas Eve, we're going to launch that in a couple of weeks. We're going to keep spreading the word. We're going to offer prayer in just a moment for anyone who'd like prayer. You can come and stand at a line and come and pray. And if you've come prepared to give, offering buckets at the back, debit machines in the lobby, all the way to give are on our website. But just lift your hands right now. I just want to pray for you. Just lift your hands all across this place. Father God, I pray that everyone on site, everyone online would be reminded, the Lord is faithful. You called us, you chose us, you love us, and you are for us, you're not against us. Encourage, Lord. I pray that we would stand firm and hold fast. I pray, God, we would take the teaching this morning and let it be lived out in our life. I pray that we would look up and we'd be reminded, the Lord is faithful. You are our protector. You you are our encourager. You are our strength. You are the one who makes a way. And I pray, God, that you wrap your arms around each one today, and may we find strength and strength in you alone. So, God, let the word just ring in our head and in our hearts. The Lord is faithful. And I give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Nobody whispered. Everybody shouted amen. Nobody whispered. Everyone shouted amen. Come on, put your hands together and celebrate. Celebrate our God. Well, Evelyn, I love each one of you so much. We pray peace on your mind, joy in your spirit, health in your body. Have an amazing day.
at an amazing week. And make sure you register for next Sunday night, that prayer night, communion, water baptism. It's going to be great. God bless each one of you.